Hallelujah. There is someone in this room. Um, you've been dealing with guilt and shame for some of the decisions you made. And the Holy Spirit is saying this morning, allow, um, thank you, sir. Allow freedom to be your portion. Because when Christ died on the cross, he died for that guilt and shame that you're feeling right now. So the guilt and shame that you're feeling is not productive for your life. It's, 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 it's not helping you to do what God has called you to do. And so the guilt and shame, allow yourself to release that this morning. Holy Spirit says this day is the day you will experience freedom from guilt and shame. So whoever that is for, um, just release it. Release it because that guilt and shame is... It's, it's heavy. It's almost it feels like the it's feel like there's a weight on your shoulders and you're trying to you, you you're so weighed down. You're trying to figure this thing out called life. But you are in the right place at the right time because God is here. His spirit is here. So where his spirit is, there is liberty. And where, what is liberty? Liberty is freedom. So release that this morning. Release that. Release that weight off your shoulders this morning, because that, that weight is, is not helping you to be who God created you to be. Because God has created you to do something great. He's created you to do be great. He's, he's, he's put in you a treasure that is hidden in earthen vessels. So there's a treasure within you that is supposed to come out and help one another, help us. Amen. So whoever is feeling that guilt and shame, let it go. Let it go. And you can just, just take a deep breath. Just let it go. Like that decision I made, I made the decision out of fear. But now I want you to start making decisions out of faith. Start making decisions out of faith. Amen. So guilt and shame, let that go this morning. Um, also, also, Holy Spirit was speaking to me while they were while they were singing. And um, there's someone in here that that they've been trying to make all of these decisions to do. Like they feel like they got life planned out. Like, I got an A, B, C, D. If I do this, then I get this. If I do this, then I get this. But God has been wrecking your plans to save your life. Mm. He's been wrecking your plans for a reason. Isn't he? He's not wrecking your plans and making you, making you feel like, man, God doesn't love me. He loves you. He loves you enough to protect you from what you think you want to do. And so it's, it's some things that you've been wanting to do. And you've been trying to do them with all of your power. You've been trying to think about this plan and this plan and this plan and this plan and this plan. But God says, my plan, many are the plans of a man's heart, but God's purpose shall prevail. And so God, he, he is protecting you from something. He's protecting you from, from a fatality. He's protecting you because he wants to extend your life. He wants to extend your life. So so allow God to 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 be and I, I was like that at one time you know I was like that I had all of these plans but God wrecked my plan to save my life and I'm so glad he wrecked my plan to save my life because I'm such in a better place now than I was then because I allowed God to take over my plans amen so allow God this morning to take over your plans because he he has something great in store for you he has something great in store for you amen Amen. Amen. So let's give God some praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give God some praise for our praise team this morning. Hallelujah. 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 They did a phenomenal job. Amen. Let's look from God in prayer. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you for who you are. God, we thank you, Lord God, for your word that has just gone forth. I pray, Lord God, for this message that is about to go forth to your people. We thank you, Lord God, that this message will fall on good ground and the good soils of their heart. So, God, I pray that you move Lester Bell Jr. out of the way and that you allow Holy Spirit to speak through me like never before. I thank you, Lord God, for preaching power, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for boldness, Lord God. I thank you for clarity, Lord God, for your people, Lord God, and that they will be able to apply this message, Lord God. So we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for life, love, joy, and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, let's give God some praise in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. 
man. And and we are in our last episode, so yeah, be careful with that. And we can just put it right here so we don't have to walk too far. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. So we are in our last episode of Mental Aerobics. How many of you have been really enjoying this series, Mental Aerobics? It's been it's been really good. It's been a really good series. Amen. And and if you missed something, if you missed anything, you need to go back and watch it on YouTube because there's some things that were said that you may have missed the first time. And so I want you to go back and watch episodes one, two, three. I want you to binge watch episodes one, two, three. And after you binge watch episodes one, two, three, I want you to share that with somebody. You know how like when there's a TV show on uh, Hallmark or on Lifetime, right? And you... Um, Excuse me. You 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 say, man, that 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 Christmas movie. It was the same Christmas movie from last year, but you share it on your social media. I want y'all to do that. I want y'all to do the same thing for mental aerobics. Amen. Awesome. So if you would turn your Bible to Hebrews chapter twelve, verse eleven. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse eleven. And once you get there, if you would stand to your feet, if you are able to. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse eleven. And we're going to close out this series on mental aerobics today because we have a series next month called God is so fill in the blank. God is so and and you already got week two, which is God is so loving. But I'm really excited about week one um, because we're going to show you some things in the word of God about who God is, Um, because we need to understand who God is, because I think sometimes we have a limited view and limited version of who God is. And as a result of us having a limited version and limited view of who God is, we limit God because we put him in the box because we think God can only do so much. But God can do more than you think he can do. And we're going to discover that next month in our series. God is so everybody say God is so. Because a lot of times what I'm finding out is this. The view that we have of our parents is usually almost kind of similar to the view we have of God. Because what we do is we apply how our parents raised us to how we who we how we think God is. And so as a result of that, it may limit us because we may have we may have had a militant parent. So we think God is militant or we may have had a, ju- a judging parent. So we think that God is judging or we may have had a mean parent. So we think God is mean. But God is loving. God is creative. God is kind. God is faithful. He is faithful. Amen. So everybody at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, this is what the scripture says. It says, for the time being, no discipline. And that sounds like a cuss word to some people. I should have put a a disclaimer right there. No beep. Right. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will, in purpose, thought, and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. Let's read this from the Passion Translation. It says this. Now, all discipline seems to be painful at the time. Yet later, it will produce a transformation of character. That word character is is such a such a powerful word. It will produce a transformation of character. Everybody say character. Character. Bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. I want to use for a topic this morning. Do the work. Everybody say do Do the the work. work. And what type of work we're going to do this morning. We're going to do the mental work. Everybody say mental work. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. So as we get ready to conclude this series, we've talked about uh, how to deal with frustrations. We talked about why do I keep going through the same thing over and over again? We talked about um, our problems and the problems that we've had. But I want to go a little bit deeper and I really want you to lean in. I really want you to kind of tap into what I'm teaching today, because I believe it is um, very vital to how you live your life. And so I want to start off by saying this. Thoughts are seeds. Everybody say thoughts Thoughts are are seeds. seeds. Now, some thoughts produce a harvest of peace and joy. 
Some thoughts produce a harvest of mental anguish and despair. See, we have to understand that your thoughts, if not careful, will create a life that you are not proud of. Because this is why we need to bring every thought into subjection that does not align with God's will for our life. And this is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. See, that's how the world fights. The world fights with weapons because they think that the fight is physical, but the fight is mental. The fight is mental because the enemy wants to control how you think. Because if he can control your soul and he can control how you think, guess what? He has control over your life. Because thoughts, once again, are seeds. So if the enemy can implant a thought into your mind that does not align with the word of God and you continue to go along with that thought, then that thought will manifest into your reality. So verse 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical Weapons of flesh and blood. So my fight is not against your physical body, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Now, what is a stronghold? Now, a stronghold is a military term because in in the Old Testament, they would build strongholds to protect the leader. Now, strongholds used in this instance is a mindset or thought that does not line align itself with the word of God. So if you have a thought that does not align with the word of God and it has become a stronghold on your mind, it has become a stronghold on your life. And a lot of us have a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings that have become strongholds on our life that we can't break. But guess what? With Holy Spirit, you can. So verse five says this, in as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So we are to take hold of the thoughts that we think, because if we never take, see, see, a lot of times people think that going to church is just going to church just to say, I went to church. No, the enemy is attacking your mind. He's attacking your thought process because if he can get you into a, a, a negative cycle or a negative loop of negativity in your thoughts, then he can keep you in that same cycle in your life. And so there are three aspects that we need to consider that when it comes to mind. Everybody say three aspects. So what are those three aspects? It is this. It is first the conscious mind. Everybody say the conscious mind. Now, the conscious mind is the mind that you are in right now. You know that you are in uh, momentum uh, church and you know that a handsome pastor by the name of Pastor Jay is bringing the message. Right. And thinking about thoughts. Right. You you are conscious of that. Right. So the conscious mind, I just had to throw that in there. Right. The conscious mind are where the thoughts are thought, where the thoughts are at its common denominator. That is where the thoughts are thought. So that's the conscious mind. Everybody say the conscious mind. Then there's the subconscious mind. Everybody say subconscious mind. What is the subconscious mind? The subconscious mind is this. This is where the thoughts are planted. So your subconscious mind will do whatever dominant thought you think in the conscious mind. It creates the the reality of what you think on the most. So the conscious mind takes, so, so the conscious mind thinks the seed the subconscious mind takes the seed and makes it a reality. It makes it a reality. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into this, too, because I really want you to understand the aspects of the mind. Because when you understand the aspects of the mind, you're going to start really thinking about what you think about. Because a lot of us don't think about what we think about. We just be thinking. We just be thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I got all these thoughts. And Pastor Jay got a lot of thoughts. Sometimes I just be thinking. You can ask, you can ask Lady Pilar. She say, he... Just be thinking. You got a lot of thoughts. You got a lot of vision. You got a lot of dreams. I'd be like, I do, babe. I do. So, so the conscious mind is where the thought is thought. The subconscious mind is where the thought is taken from the conscious mind and planted and creates your reality. But there's another aspect of mind. Say, there's another way. What is that other way? Everybody say the superconscious mind. 
Now, what is the superconscious mind? The superconscious mind is the mind of God. That is the mind of God. And the scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus and God are one. So the mind that is in Christ Jesus should be in you as well. And so the superconscious mind is the mind of God. Now, now the scripture also says, um, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Just as the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts and ways are above your thoughts and ways. And so we have to learn how to get into the mind of God and not the mind of the world, because the mind of the world will say, this is how you should think. This is how you should live. This is how you should be. And guess what? As a result, that's how you live. That's how you think. And that's how you become. But God doesn't want you to be like the world. He wants you to stand out from the world. Now, he doesn't want you to berate the world and beat the world over the head with the Bible. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. No, he wants us to be an example of what life looks like. See, you as a kingdom believer, you should be an example of what life looks like according to the word of God, the will of God and the way of God. So everybody say the superconscious mind. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven. And this is just. Part of my intro, I got about 48 minutes and 30 seconds left. Don't look back. Right. Now, nah, I'm not going to be up for long. I'm not going to be up for long because I believe a good word. I believe this a good word. You can receive a good word in a moment and it don't have to be 20 months, 20 moments long. Amen. So that, that means I don't have to be up here for two hours because if I am, then the, the whole week I'm just so. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Everybody say brevity. So this is what the scripture says. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The question becomes, what are you thinking in your heart? Because whatever you're thinking in your heart, it has to come out through your reality. It has to come out through your reality. So if you're thinking negative thoughts in your heart, guess what happens? It's going to come out in your reality. See, if you are always thinking in your conscious mind, I am not valuable, your subconscious mind will take that seed and make it a reality for your life. So if you're telling yourself, man, I can't win for losing, I'm not valuable, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, guess what's going to happen? You're going to become that just what you say that you're not. So the mind of God says something different. He says that you are valuable because he sent value for value. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall perish and have everlasting life. So, 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 so that means that you are valuable. Say that with me. I am valuable. See, I think somebody really needs to catch that this morning. You need to understand your value because your value, you are valuable. Your value isn't determined by what other people think about you. Your value isn't determined by what other people feel about you. Your value has already been determined by Jesus's blood that he shed on the cross for you. So you are valuable. Say that with me. I am valuable. So, so, so oftentimes it is hard for people. And I, not even just for people. I just believe this for I believe this for believers. It's hard for for believers to unlearn and relearn because we've been taught something so long that it has become a stronghold. And then as a result of hearing a message like this, it's almost like it's almost like, do I really want to, to apply that to my life? Because it's hard for us to unlearn something. Because we've, we've, we've and, and, and hear me when I say this, we've learned it from people we've loved and people we thought have loved us. And so what we have to do, we have to we have to separate our love from what they taught us, because a lot of times what will happen, we will say, man, I thought this person loved me and they taught me wrong the whole time. But you have to learn how to separate that. and You have to learn how to say, you know what? They were only teaching me from a limited perspective and you have to forgive them. Because sometimes you teach people from a limited perspective. So that means that you need to give them grace because you're looking for grace yourself. And so and so listen, if our minds are conditioned negatively from a young age, when we get older and often hear a message like this or messages of faith, it's hard to us. It's hard for us to accept what the word of God says about us because we've been conditioned for so long. See, if you've been conditioned for over 30 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, five years, one year, 
sometimes it's hard to reverse that because you're so used to what you have learned. So this is why we have to do the mental work because the enemy uses that. He says, well, you know what? This is how you was taught before. So why do you need to change it now? This is how things used to be. Why does there need to be a change now? And so what happens is he keeps us in that same loop. And as a result of keeping us in that same loop, we keep going in the same pattern. That's what we talked about last week. Why do I keep experiencing the same thing over and over again? It's because we keep going in the same negative loop. See, if you never do the mental work, you will never see change in your life. Because changing your mind will change your life. Changing the way you think will change your life. I'm a witness to that. See, see, I used to think. So, so let me let me just let me just be honest with you. Let me just be open with you. I used to think when I first became a pastor that my focus was supposed to be on uh, numbers and members and growing the church. And that was my focus. And it was once a time where it was just my mom, Lady Pilar, Maya, Lori, Sister Cheryl, Elder Brown, Sister Laura, Sister Yolanda, Sister Michelle, Brother Willie. A handful, right? And so I, I, I would look at that like, man, how are we going to succeed? But I, I, when I changed my, when Holy Spirit said change your mind and change your perspective on that, we, we doubled in size. As a result of me changing my perspective and changing how I thought about that, we doubled in size. Just from, just from me saying, okay, God, I'm going to put this in your hands and I'm going to focus on what I need to focus on. A lot of times we don't want to put things in God's hands and focus on what we need to focus on because we think we have the plan to figure it out. But we have to allow God's purpose to prevail because when we allow his purpose to prevail, then he can go and blow our mind and do things beyond our imagination. So the question is, are you putting your are you making sure your plans are in concrete or are you allowing your plans to not be in concrete? Because when your plans are in concrete, then it's hard for you to accept the purposes of God because you think that it should have been this way all along. But God is saying, when you focus on me, when you focus on the right thing, when you set your mind on things above and not things on the earth, then I have a, I have a way of showing you that I can do what I got to do, what I, what I get to do. Amen. So God, God can do See, see, if you allow God to do what you have called him, what, what, what not you have called, but what he has, uh, what he has called. When you do what God has called you to do, yeah. when you are obedient to the word of God, God will handle the results. That's right. Just be obedient to the word of God. That's, that's it. Just be obedient. Everybody say obedience. obedience. So homeostasis. Everybody say homeostasis. So we're learning some new words in this. What is homeostasis? Homeostasis is this. It is the tendency toward a relatively stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. In other words, what does homeostasis mean? Because that's a lot of words, right? Homeostasis means this. It means that your body is used to staying stable and at an equal equilibrium and not trying to. So your body is doing wonders. Your body is a miracle. If you really think about it, your body, your body, you get a cut, your body starts healing automatically. You don't have to be like, heal, 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 heal. No, your body, your body automatically forgives. Your your body forgives because that had that that is how God has wired your body. See, see, you can't you cannot make me believe that we were created from a big bang. Because there's too much creative design, intelligent design in how we were created. So how can your mind, your subconscious mind, tell your cells to heal? That only comes from an intelligent God. That doesn't come from an intelligent big boom. That only comes from an intelligent God. So, so, so homeostasis is this. It, it, it is a tendency toward relative, relatively stable equilibrium. So your body is making sure that... Um, when a sickness comes, it fights off that sickness. It sends the white blood cells to heal your to heal your skin, to clot up, to clot up your blood when you get a cut, so you don't bleed out all of your blood. So it it does beautiful things. So so I want to use homeostasis in in comparison or in likeness to our mind. See, a lot of times, instead of doing the mental work, we stay in a place of mental homeostasis where we have the tendency to stay stable and comfortable in our negative thinking patterns. So we say, you know what? I hear a word on faith. I hear a message on faith. 
but I'm going to allow this anxiety and depression to take over my life. I can hear the message, but I don't apply the message. See, 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 we, we are to be, not be hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word. And that's why it's important for us to do the mental work. See, there are thoughts that you think that are not conducive to the, w- the will of God for your life. So I know a lot of you have probably been looking up here like, Pastor Jay, I want that Coke. Look, stop drinking Cokes. They're not good for your body. Amen. Men, stop drinking Cokes. They're not good for your prostate. They good. They taste good on the front end, but on the back end, on the back end, it's not good for your body. Alkaline water. Juice, 100% juice. Oh, this is not a health. This is not a health class this morning, but I just wanted to drop that in there. I wanted to drop that in there because I want you to live a long life. Because a lot of decisions we making on the front end, they're not helping us on the back end, and as a result, we going through all of these health problems when we can make a decision now to be healthy in the future. See, me and Lady Pilar's motto is better at 70. I want to live a long life, y'all. I want to live a long life, and I want to live a life to where I'm dancing like Elder Brown. I'm in my right mind like Elder Brown. Elder Brown, you're 80. You'll be 80 this year. 80 this year. In his right mind, dancing, able to play with his grandson, able to move around with his grandson because of decisions made on the front end. See, when you make the right decisions, when you think the right thoughts on the front end, it produces a harvest on the back end that you can see your life flourish. And that's what this series is about. It's about teaching you how to think so that you can live the life that God has for you. With long life, I will satisfy you. But a lot of us are not seeing long life because we're not thinking the right thoughts. We're not we're not making the right decisions in the life that God has given us. And listen, we're only here for a vapor. We're only here for a moment anyway. I was reading this morning in, in Psalms where David was talking about, I'm only here for a moment. You're only here for a moment. And so what are you doing in the moments? Are you maximizing the moments that you have? Are you use, Are you saying, you know what? I'm going to make the right vote. I'm going to make the right vote for my life. Because you got to think about it. Generations are watching you. Generations are watching you. So generations are seeing, are you going to make the right decision? So generations, Trip is watching everything I do. Everything I do. He, he, he sees me drinking water. He sees Lady Pilar drinking water. He has to have water. Right? So every, everything, generations are watching you. So when you live with that in mind, then you say, you know what? I need to, re- I need to make the right decisions because I know that this generation is watching me, is watching me. So, so, so a lot of our lives, um, they are polluted. Our thoughts are polluted. Our thoughts are polluted. And as a result, this is what it looks like when our thoughts are polluted. We're like this Coke, right? Right. Right. Coke should be ashamed of themselves, giving you all this fears and little drink. Watch the fears go down and they have a little, little, little drink. That's why you shouldn't be drinking Cokes, because it's just all fears. So this is what a lot of our minds look like. A lot of our minds, they, they are polluted. We got all of these thoughts that don't line up with the word of God. We have all of these thoughts that, that, that the world, see, see, and we talked about this last week. We not only get, we not only think 60,000 to 90,000 thoughts a day ourselves, but we also have thoughts from social media as well. So those thoughts are amplified, amplified even more. We have thoughts from our classmates. It's not just adults. This, this is everybody. This is from a child on up. There's thoughts that we think that we need to bring into alignment. So a lot of our minds look like this and they're cloudy and we're trying to go through life. We're trying to figure out life and we're trying to say, you know what? I can do life. I can think like this and I'll be OK. I saw other people do it and they were OK. Were they really? 
or you are just looking on the out on the outside appearance. See, a lot of times we just look at the outward appearance. We see people taking trips. We see people buying nice things. And we think as a result of that, no, now hear me. I'm not saying taking trips and buying nice things is a bad thing. But I'm saying when you allow those things to have you and not you, not you have God in your life, then they become your, the God in your life. And so we, a lot of our minds look like this. And so we go around, we go around hurting people. We go around spewing out things that are not good because our thoughts are polluted. And God is calling us to, to, to bring our thoughts into subjection. When we hear that scripture, we read over it like, okay, bring every thought into subjection. But do we really bring every thought into subjection? Do we say, well, you know what? This doesn't line up with the word of God. You know, um, when, when, when COVID hit, a lot of people's thoughts were, were going all over the place, all over the place. And as a result, now we're seeing, as a result, a lot of people making decisions um, because of the thoughts that they thought in a wrong season, in, in the season of COVID. So they were thinking all these thoughts and they, it, it, it created fear and it created, um, it created you know, anxiety, stress. And so now as a result, we're seeing a rise in therapy. Now, hear me when I say this. Therapy is not bad. Don't let anybody tell you therapy is bad. God has the scripture says in Psalms, um, the God counselors are the ones that you should seek out. So if the scripture says that, then that means that you, you need to find counsel in the godly. And so therapy is not a bad thing. Don't let anybody ever tell you that therapy is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I talk to God and my therapist. And it's okay. And a lot of, and a lot of times people will shame that because they have a limited perspective. You shouldn't be going to therapy because of this. Nah, don't let their limited perspective limit you from being free. Because they are not free. And so what they try to do, they try to limit you from being free. And as a result of them limiting you from being free, then you, you become limited and then you, you try to limit others from being free. But in God, there's freedom. In God, there's liberty. And we have to understand that and we have to not demonize certain areas of life because God placed you in a world full of people for you to connect with people. We are relational beings. We're not we're not we're not we're not uh, solitary. beings. We are relational beings. Your soul craves for relationship. Your soul craves for community. And so if your soul craves for relationship and community, then allow ex Holy Spirit for you to find the right therapist for you. It not only takes prayer, it takes therapy too. A lot of times we hear, just pray, just pray, just pray. It not only takes prayer, it takes fasting, and it takes therapy too. So don't let anybody shame you for going to therapy. Don't let anybody try to pull you down for going to therapy because guess what? God created us to lean on one another. God created us for community and relationship. So that's not even in my notes. I just had to say that because I know a lot of times people try to, um, they, try to they try to down it. They try to down it. And listen, I'm not saying that because that's what I want to go into. I'm saying that because that's the truth. That's the truth. We need one another. We need one another. Jesus had 12 around him. So that means he, he, needed, he needed community. You need community. You need community. If you don't have a church home, you need community. Because the enemy, the enemy, he when, when he when he can keep you separate, the scripture says um, the good shepherd will leave the 99 and go after the one because he the, the shepherd knows that one that is outside of his protection is more likely to uh, have threats from things that they cannot protect themselves from. This is why it's important for you to have a church home, because at, if you don't have a church home, it leaves you more susceptible to the tricks of the enemy. It leaves you more susceptible to the enemy saying, you know what, you 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 um, you you're going to fail. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. But when you get in a community of love and people are surrounding you with love, people are saying, you know what, you're going to make it. We're going to help you get through this. We're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. We're going to mourn together. We're going to rejoice together. That's the type of community that you need to be in. So that, that is why it is important for you to find a church home. And God has placed people in your life that doesn't have a church home. 
and you need to bring them to church because they need community just, just like you need community. Amen? Amen. So back to the illustration. So our minds, they look like this. But when we get tired of our minds looking like this, when we get tired of our lives looking like this, then as a result, we, we, we seek out because, because God has, God, I believe God has wired us to seek him out. A lot of times we suppress that. And we say, you know what, you know, God must not be real and this, this, this. And we hear all this. We search if God is real on Google. Don't do that. Because Google will give you so many different answers. It will give you so many different answers. <coughs> Excuse me. So our minds look like this, but I believe God is, is, is wiring. With loving kindness have I drawn thee. And so God is drawing us with his loving kindness. So, so as a result, when we come into having a relationship with God, and we start reading the word, then as a result, our, our cluttered mind, it starts to clear. Now, at first, it doesn't look like it's clearing because we're reading the word of God. We keep reading the word of God. But I don't know if you noticed, but this became a little bit more, a little bit more opaque than when it was when it was polluted. And so as a result of reading the word of God and continuing to read the word of God, then what's in us that's not like the word of God begins to come out of us. And as a result, when we continue to read the word of God, then we find out that Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's there beside us. He's closer than the air we breathe. He's closer than the skin on our skin because he loves us that much. And so as a result, we start to build relationship with Holy Spirit. And he says, you know what? That that wasn't right when you said that. And that wasn't right when you did that. And what's in us starts to kind of come out of us. And as a result of that coming out of us, then we become a little bit more clear and we're not hurting people. And so as a result, Holy Spirit says, you know what, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep speaking to you because I, I want you I want you to be clear. I want you to I want you to be like me. I want you to be holy because I am holy and holiness is not in your clothes Holiness is not in, in, in your religion. Holiness is in how you live. And as a result, what is in us continues to come out of us. And so we continue to grow. We continue to get better. And as a result of us getting better, now we, we don't become 100% squeaky clean because God continues to clean us. It's a continued process. And a lot of times... A lot of times we think that, okay, when I get in, when I, when I get into church, I'm going to become squeaky clean. Guess what? There's going to be things that you have to deal with. There's going to be things you have to grow in. And as you continue to grow, then you become a little bit more see-through. You become a little bit more clear than when you, than when you were before. And a lot of times we don't want to give people grace because we think people should be 100% clean. But guess what? You're not 100% clean. So you have to give others grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. So this is what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Man, that time has eluded me. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says this. It says, now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and and forever. So, so, so when Holy Spirit comes into your life, he gives you a peace that is in the now and in forever. So, so, so when, listen, when your thoughts are polluted, your life is polluted. And what do polluted thoughts create? Polluted thoughts create this. They create pathological choices. Everybody say pathological choices. So we make choices just because just to be making choices and not choices out of a mind of God and mind, a clear mind of God. So pathological choices. Everybody say pathological choices. What else do polluted thoughts create? They create this. They create problematic character. Everybody say problematic character. See, when your thoughts are polluted, it pollutes your character as a result, too. And our character needs to be healed. Our character needs to be renewed on a daily basis. See, see, your mind should be renewed on a daily basis. So everybody say problematic character. What else do polluted thoughts create? They create prohibited consciousness. Everybody say prohibited consciousness. 
So, so, so what do I mean by that? I mean this. What is living rent free in your mind? What type of thoughts are living rent free in your mind? Are, 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 they, are they negative thoughts? Are they thoughts that are conducive with the word of God? And so everybody say prohibited consciousness. So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm almost finished. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. So I really want to break this description down to you because I really want us to divide the, rightly divide the word of truth. So this is what the scripture says. It says, now all discipline, let's say cuss word again, seems to be painful at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Now, the word discipline here in the Greek is the word pahedia. Everybody say pahedia. Everybody like, what? Just follow, just follow with me. Just, just track with me. So, so, so that Greek word in the discipline, it means this. It means instruction that trains someone to reach full development maturity. So that's what discipline means there. See, some people do not like discipline in their thoughts because they are so used to dysfunctional thoughts. So when they hear, I need to discipline my mind, I need to bring my thoughts into subjection, they're so used to those dysfunctional thoughts that when they hear that, they're like, you know, that don't apply to me. That don't apply to me. See, we, we, we like to compartmentalize, compartmentalize God like, God, that doesn't apply to me. See, the mind doesn't like gaps, so it will always revert back to what, to what has been the most dominant thought. So if your most dominant thought has been a negative thought, then your mind is going to revert back to that. Well, I'm just not going to make it. This is just not going to work. This is just not. But if you're a believer, you, you know the end to the story. Because the scripture says, all things work together for the good of them that love God, to those called according to his purpose and will. So you know the end of the story when you are a believer. Now, when you're a non-believer, you don't know the end of the story. But when you are a believer, you know that it's going to work for your good. So, so everybody say, do the mental work. So when we do the mental work, it is often this. It is often painful. Everybody say painful. painful. It hurts because when you do the mental work, you're so used to uh, dysfunction that when you, when you, with the help of Holy Spirit, start to heal that dysfunction, it's painful because you're like, I'm so used to thinking like this. Now I'm thinking like this. And it's like a pain to, to, to do it at the beginning. But guess what? The more, the more you... Um, renew your mind with the word of God, the more Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, the more you grow, guess what? The easier it becomes because it becomes easier because you allow Holy Spirit to do the work instead of you doing the work. So everybody say painful. painful. What else is doing a, mer- doing a mental work do? It is pressure. It, everybody say pressure. pressure. Why is it pressure? Because you are so used to your old ways and thoughts. So it's pressure why, it's pressure why, it's pressure pressurized. I can't say that. Pressurized. Pressure is full of pressure because you're so used to thinking a certain way. So everybody say pressure. Pressure. It's also this. It is provoking. Everybody say provoking. Provoking. Now it's provoking to you. It's almost unsettling because you thinking, you are thinking new thoughts. So it sometimes provokes you to want to think those old thoughts. It's like, I want to say this. That person don't know who I used to be. Well, aren't you glad that you're not who you used to be? Aren't you glad that you've grown into who God has created you to be? So, so, so what is plaguing you mentally is because of the thoughts you think consistently. That's what's plaguing you. You're thinking those same thoughts over and over again, and you're like, why hasn't my life changed? It's because you hadn't changed your thoughts. So, so if doing the mental work is painful, pr- full of pressure and provoking to you, but doing the mental work also produces some things on the other hand, on the other side. And so what does doing the mental work produce? It produces peace. Everybody say peace. peace. Now, it gives you a peace that goes beyond your understanding. It goes beyond your understanding. So everybody say peace. peace. What else does doing the mental work produce? It produces power. Everybody say power. It gives you power in your life. You know, the enemy doesn't have power over you. When, now, now, when you are an unbeliever, you think that the enemy is doing everything. It, it's the devil in my finances. No, you just, you just bought that car when you, you didn't have the money to cover it. Or you just made that decision financially and you didn't have the money to cover it. That wasn't the devil. 
The devil will be like, golly, I ain't even, even talked to them about that. They did that themselves. See, a lot of times we, we try to blame on the devil the choices that we make on our own. And then they'll be like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me, fam. So, so, so power. Everybody say power. power. What else is doing a mental work produce? It produces prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. prosperity. Now, when I say prosperity, I know sometimes some of us usually cringe when we hear that word because we think of prosperity gospel. But God wants you to prosper. Even as your soul prosper. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your intellect. So God wants your mind to prosper. He wants you to think prosperous thoughts. He wants you to think good thoughts. He wants you to think thoughts. He wants you to set your thoughts on things that are above. So things that are above are things that are lovely, things that are pure, things that are honorable, things that are true. So that, that's, pros, that's prospering right there. So a lot of times people, people who we see prospering on, like, on, the, on the financial side, they may, they may be having a void on the mental side. And they may be trying to fill that void with trying to do all of this work. So everybody say prosperity. prosperity. And what else does doing the mental work produce? It produces this. It produces praise. Everybody say praise. praise. Because guess what? You can say you can look back and say, I'm no longer there. Yes. God has brought me this far yes. and he has more far to take me. And I know that's bad English, but he, he has he, he's going to take me even further than where I am right now. So it produces a praise in your spirit because you say, you know what, God, I, I thank you that I'm no longer thinking like I used to think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer thinking as a child. I have put away childish things. So, so, so we, we can give God praise. And it's not just give God praise when you come to church. No, you give God praise in your car. You give God praise in your job. I, 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 so, 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 so this week at work, um, I, had, I just had... Someone just try me, just, just try me, just, just kept pressing buttons, pressing buttons. And I was at a, such a place of peace that I was like, you know what? If this was the old LBJ, then I would have probably said something that was out of the way. That rhyme, right? I said, I think we should bring Minds of Christ back, right? <laughs> but, 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 but. So, 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 so I was able this week to look back and say, God, thank you for healing my mind. Thank you for showing me how to think and be in situations like this. And I don't have to lash out at a person because I'm in a place of peace. Never let anyone take you from your place of peace. Amen. Never. I don't care what they say, what they think, what they feel, what they do. When you are in a place of peace, don't let someone who is not in a place of peace try to take you out of your place of peace. Because instead of, so what people do, they see you in a place of peace and they say, well, you know what? They're in a place of peace. I'm not. Let me see what I can do to get them to where I am. Instead of saying, let me, let me ask them, how did they get to that, that place of peace? How, how did you get there? Amen. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to try to tear you down. See, see, that's what the immature does. But God has made you mature. Amen. Yes. So everybody say praise. praise. So, so that's what doing the mental work produces. But if that's what it produces, then mental work requires some things. Everybody say it has some requirements. It has some requirements. And what is that first requirement? Is this? We have to medicate our worries. Everybody say medicating, medicating. Our, worries. our worries. How do we do that? We do that by replacing our worries with the promises of God. Yes. So if you have a worry, and you, you you have to say, does this worry line up with the word of God? Does this does this worry of death line up with the word of God? God sent his son that we may have life and have life more abundantly. Does this worry line up with, with what God says in his word about me? And so we have to medicate our worries. Everybody say medicate worries. Medicate. What else do we have to do? We have to meditate wisely. Everybody say meditate wisely. Meditate. This is what it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. It says, only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. What is good success? Good success is God's success. Because there's a such thing as bad success, and that bad success that you can get from the world, it can make you, it, you, can get, you, can, you can get all the physical things, 
but the emotional, mental, spiritual things you lack. That's what bad success looks like. So everybody say good success. This is what it also says in Psalm chapter one, verse one through three. It says this, it says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates. So that word habitually means you make it a habit. He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And as a result of you meditating on the word by day and, and night, this is what you're going to be as a result. So when you meditate wisely, this is going to be the result right here. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. So the question is, are you meditating on the word of God day and night? Because if you're not medicating, if you're not medicating, if you're not really, your medication should be meditation. So if you're not meditating on the word of God, then you're not like a tree firmly planted. And as a result of not meditating on the word of God day and night, then you're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Somebody say this over here, you get tossed over here. Somebody say this over here, you get tossed over here. But when you meditate on the word of God, then you're planted. You're planted by the streams of living water. Everybody say living water. So we have to meditate wisely. Everybody say meditate wisely. What else do we have to do to um, do the mental work? We have to, it, it requires this. We have to minimize our worthlessness. Everybody say minimize, minimize. My, worthlessness. my worthlessness. What do I mean by that? I mean this. You are valuable. Yes. At the end of the day, you are valuable. God has made you valuable. So say that with me. I am valuable. I am valuable. So we have to minimize our worthlessness. And lastly is this. We have to maximize our worship. Everybody say maximize. I worship. Now, lifestyle is often determined by your thoughts. So the question becomes, how can you worship God with your thoughts? By bringing every thought into subjection. So let's end it with this. Philippians chapter four, verse four through eight. Philippians chapter four, verse four through eight. And it says this, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say, rejoice. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He is coming soon. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, Continue to make your no your wants known to God. So that, that's a that's an equation there. So do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. So if you are fretting and having anxiety about things, then you are not doing what the word of God says you should do. So do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with his earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a scripture that I really wanted to get to, but I really wanted to read this to you first. Verse eight says this for the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, 
think on and weigh and take account of these things. Guess what? Fix your minds on them. That's how you think, according to the word of God. That's how you think. So if, if a thought comes up that's not true, that doesn't line up with the word of God, don't think about it. Replace it with a thought that is true. See, you, ha- you have to do thought replacement. You, you, can't just, you can't just say, you know what, I'm going to just let that thought just go. Because if you never bring that thought into subjection, then that thought is going to come back and it's going to try you again. So this is, this is how we fix our minds. So everybody say, medicate our worries. Everybody say meditate wisely. Everybody say minimize worthlessness. And lastly, everybody say maximize our worship. These are the requirements of mental work. Amen. Let's look from God and pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you for who you are. We thank you for this message that has just gone forth. Pray, Lord God, that it has fallen on the good soils of your people's heart that they will see life transformation because they have thought transformation, because they have renewed their mind. So, God, we thank you, Lord God, that as we continue to go along in the service, that if anyone needs to make a decision for you, we pray, Lord God, that you give them the peace and the courage to do so. So, God, we thank you, Lord God, for each and every person under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to ask yourself this this morning. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? To me. I'm going to ask my intercessors to join me this morning. Intercessors, if you would join me this morning, we're going to allow for some space and some areas this morning. Allow for some space. here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to know God for yourself, we want to give you that opportunity to have a relationship with God because a relationship with him is, is, is really important. And God wants, God, wants, God wants his creation to have a relationship with him. But the beautiful thing about it is he gives you, he gives you a choice on if you want to have a relationship with him or not. And God is not going to force you. He's not going to put you, twist your arm behind your back. Have a relationship with me. Now the scripture says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And so if you're here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to have a relationship with God, you want to give you that opportunity this morning. Secondly, you're here and you want one of our prayer team members to touch and agree with you in prayer in any area of your life. Uh, I can say this with, with truth and boldness that None of these intercessors up here would judge you for your situation. They just want to help you with your situation by uniting their faith with your faith because they love you. So if you're here this morning and you need someone to touch and agree with you in prayer, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. And lastly, you're here and you want to join Momentum. You want to become a part of what we're doing here. You see yourself fitting in. and You, you see this is the community that God is calling you to be a part of. We want to give you that opportunity this morning to join and connect with Momentum. So one, if you desire to be saved, two, if you need prayer this morning, or three, if you want to join with what God is calling us to do as a ministry, um, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. Amen. So if God is speaking to your heart, allow God to speak to your heart this morning. Allow God to speak to your heart. You desire to be saved, you desire prayer, or you, you desire to connect. Amen. We want to give you that opportunity. So right where everyone is, I want you to just kind of close your eyes and just allow Holy Spirit to speak to you, speak through you, speak to your heart this morning. Speak to your heart. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, intercessors. Thank you. Thank you. If everyone would stand to their feet this morning. It's going to be a great week this week. And man, I want you to expect great things. Not, nothing but great things this week. I want you to expect a strong immune system this week. I want you to expect nothing but safety this week. This is, this is, this is how you place your mind and thoughts on things that are above. You think only on the God thoughts, only on the things that God wants for your life. Amen. Let's look from God and pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard on today. We pray, Lord God, that as we leave this place, we're never from your presence, that you will go with us to our appointed places and that we will find everything as we left it. So, God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord God, for a great week. We thank you for great news. We thank you for great testimony that will come, Lord God, as a result of this week. So, God, we thank you for showing immune systems. God, we thank you for safety. We thank you for allowing us to really listen to Holy Spirit and, and to allow him to lead us and guide us, Lord God, into all truth. So, God, we thank you for each and every person, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for adding life to them, Lord God. We thank you for adding peace to them. We thank you for adding joy to them. So we thank you for this day and this time that we'll never get to experience again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week, and I'll see you at the door, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. what it's like when you chain the things my soul had chains and links my heart was just cold as skating rings one day you alive and blink you wake up and realize life extinct i look at the sky and think what if nobody had told me the truth that's why i'm here telling you could call you a sinner but really you just like just like me just like me just like me just like me just like me